Hi, everyone, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live Podcast, where we bring you the art and business of flowers. Stay tuned. Hey guys, and welcome back to Viva La Flora Live podcast again. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Jenny Thomason. I don't think she needs any introduction, but you know, nevertheless, she's an AIFD, PFCI, and EMC member. She's a accredited member of uh, American Institute of Floral Designers, Professional Floral Communicators International, and European Master Certification. She's a founder of Stems in St. Louis, which is a floral design service business um, shop that they do pretty much everyday flowers and weddings and such. I would say one of her strongest passions, however, is creating floral art and spreading that love to everyone through her teachings, through her workshops and mentoring and such. She started Jenny T. Floristry, where her focus is lecturing, workshops, and commissioned floral work of art. And I don't mean that just loosely. She actually does truly create some really unique floral work of art. And if you don't know Jenny, you need to go and check her out on her social media, on her website. And if and when you get a chance, you should for sure take a class with her because she definitely is a force of nature. Well, I'm going to stop talking and we're going to dive right into this interview. And be sure to check out our show notes at the end of this episode to get all of the little details leading up to Jenny's workshops, her social media, and so on. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. I think this took us, what, how many months to coordinate? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, life happens, doesn't it? But I'm so glad to be on with you today. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. Oh my God, no, pleasure's all mine. I'm very excited. So I read your bio um, in the beginning, but um, for for the listeners that don't really know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about you, like in a nutshell? In a nutshell. <laughs> or, um, or, or, or the long version of it, whichever. To whichever. All right. Sounds great. Well, um, my name is Jenny Thomason. Um, I am in the States. I split my time right now between St. Louis, Missouri, and Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. I found my path in floristry right out of high school, studying graphic design in college, needed a part-time job, and immediately fell in love. Um, I've been doing this for almost half my life, which seems crazy to say that now, but it, it really is a wonderful journey and I'm so thankful I found it so early. I started a retail flower shop when I was 23. My daughter was 10 months old and have grown that shop to what it is now, very successful flower shop in St. Louis. And then about four years ago, I knew that I was not going to be my flower shop forever. So I decided, yeah, I am so sorry. Okay. So I know you're outside. Mm. There's a lot of wind in the background Um, and it like just comes and goes actually. It's not even like, um, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm to find a place that doesn't have as much wind. Okay. So for for the listeners, for those of you who can see Jenny, she looks gorgeous as ever sitting in this beautiful, you know, under this beautiful sky. I wish I was outside. (laughs) It's not as warm today. It's really sunny here too, but it's not as warm. But yeah, anyway, sorry for cutting you off, but yes, carry on. Yeah, yeah. So 
I realized that I wasn't going to be my flower shop forever because um, I wanted to be able to kind of spread my wings a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I looked up on a domain name and tried to find my own, my name, mm-hmm. so I could start branding myself. And so that journey started about four years ago. I became a member of the education specialist team for Teleflora, and I started traveling around and doing speaking engagements stage presentation in Denver for AIFE, American Institute of Floral Designers in 2015. And all of that just propelled all at once and sent me on this path that I really am following right now. So um, I'm very passionate about teaching and inspiring people. Um, I really speak about creating unapologetically. So taking the time, five minutes a day, an hour a day, however much time you can devote to yourself and to the craft and mm-hmm. just create and not only in floristry, but maybe it's another craft that you're really interested in that can always kind of leap over and enhance your floristry. So I've been doing that and I have been teaching workshops virtually and also in person. Mm-hmm. I've been doing workshops on just basic floral design and then also advanced floral design. And I just launched a 23 video series on my website, jennytfloristry.com, where people can actually purchase the videos and watch them and study them. And then I also have them in bundles Mm -hmm. and I am doing CFD, so certified floral designer testing in Dallas for people that are interested in getting their accreditation for AIFD. Oh, that's like in preparation for testing? It is, yeah. They can do the videos virtually, and then I'm actually doing testing in Dallas. I'm doing two a year where people can come, and they can go through the entire test. Right. Myself, as well as two other AIFD certified judges, will Mm -hmm. be judging all of the participants and getting them ready for their AIFD test. Oh, that's amazing. Is this the one that it's in conjunction with uh, Teleflora educational uh, program or this is just you sort of created this? No, this is me. I just created this. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. that's pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel so passionate about it because we really need to help inspire and encourage all these young designers that are <laughs> coming into the industry and showing them that this is a, this is a really valuable path mm-hmm. and where it can be made out of floristry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, for for listeners who know you, you know, this is no surprise. But for those those of you who are listening right now and you don't know Jenny Thompson, you guys need to like literally like don't stop the podcast, finish the podcast, but then go and follow this girl because she's amazing. Like literally, I cannot possibly think of a better person to do CFD testing preparation than you, honestly. And I've seen you first time, first time I ever saw you, it was that AIFD presentation that you did, um, like that breakout session one. I was like, oh my God, she's a flower ninja. Love her. (laughs) It was just so inspiring. I loved that hour of presentation. I wish it was way longer. You know, I mean, that's when I discovered too. And I'm like, yep, she's a force to be reckoned with. Thank you. What's what's the next chapter for you? So you you still have your flower shop, right? I mean, you still have your retail um, side of things. It's not like you've sort of stopped that. No, the retail, the retail flower shop is, it's still going 16 years strong. Yeah. Um, but my, my next path is really 
going with the virtual classrooms and mm -hmm. the physical classrooms, the CFB testing, and then I'm on the first book release of my three book release series that should be in my hands this June. Oh, fantastic. You do have a book that's out already, though. Um, it's actually, it's in shipping or it's in printing right now and should be shipped out. And I, again, I should have it in June. Um, and I'm taking pre-sales for it right now. It's called Perishable Poetics, mm -hmm. Manifesting Emotion Through Contemporary Floral Design. And it talks about my creative process for all the compositions that are in the book. All of them are completely unique. I've never done them before and I will probably never do them again. <laughs> I, I like to always test myself and keep going and keep evolving as an artist. So I think it's very important to never really duplicate something. Um, so it, in this book, it shows you the inner workings, the mechanics of all of the pieces mm -hmm. and then every design, it has the botanical material. Some of them have sketches actually on vellum. Mm -hmm. So kind of get involved with some more of an interactive experience. And then nice. every single design uh, is paired with a piece of poetry. Oh, wow. That, that sounds fantastic. I cannot wait to get my hands on the book, actually. That, that sounds absolutely amazing. So you said it's a three-book series. So this is the first one of the three. Is that it? This is the first one of the three. Mm -hmm. The second one will start production uh, late summer. Mm -hmm. And then the third one will start production that time next year. Are they connected in some sort of way? Um, they're all focusing on contemporary floral design, but my materials are going to change and I don't want to, I don't want to give out what the materials will be for the second and third, <laughs> sure, but the first one, um, is obviously extremely contemporary advanced floral design, but it's all fresh material. Nice. So you've been doing this for a while. I mean, 16 years, right. At a retail and now you're on this amazing journey of educational and inspire, inspirational journey. And um, what are, like, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies all the way through, right? As, as it seems right now, it's like, you know, you're on top of the world and you're doing this amazing things. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Oh, that is such an amazing question. <laughs> and to be really authentic with you and super, super raw. <laughs> Um, the biggest challenge I had to overcome was giving myself permission to give to myself, mm. realizing that I was the artist that I needed to show up for. Mm -hmm. And until I was able to do that, it was like I was taking inspiration from other people, but instead of it being my voice, it was almost like their voice. Like people could look at designs and say, oh, that was influenced by... XYZ. Mm -hmm. I, I know I can do that. I can look on social media and I can see things people have posted and I'm like, oh, that looks like that designer or that looks like that designer. When I finally said, I don't want to look like a designer. I want to look like the best designer I can be. That's when everything has really, the skies have opened up and I know that I'm giving to myself like I always should have been giving to myself. Nice. That's pretty amazing because, I mean, a lot of creatives go through this process of um, the imposter syndrome, if you will, right? And, yeah. I mean, you know, I am no stranger to that feeling, right? And I cannot possibly imagine any kind of creative or any person, for that matter, who's trying to do something and come out of the comfort zone kind of doesn't struggle with that. But not many 
I guess, recognize that. So what was the pivotal moment that kind of led you to that? Oh, goodness. Look at you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I asking all that? No, this is so good. Thank you so much for this because these are questions that no one really dives in deep. So I appreciate it. Um, the end of my marriage. Mm. That was what did it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Knowing that I had given so much for so long mm-hmm. and... I was never really putting myself there. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh okay. Air hug. <laughs> hug. You know, everything's so good right now. Like, That's and me and my ex, a lot of people in the industry know my ex and me and my ex have an amazing relationship, but that was the pivotal moment for me. And I have been just screaming from the rooftops on how strong I can be and how amazing I can be. And, I don't need anyone to make me that way. And it, it feels great. <laughs> okay. Can I just say that it shows, like it shows how you show up, right? And um, I don't mean like that you look great. I mean, you look fantastic. You're a beautiful woman. <laughs> You're a confident <laughs> woman. Like besides the physical, it's just how you show up. Right. I mean, it shows in your work. It shows in the way you're teaching. It shows in like all of your social media presence. And it all seems very authentic, I have to say. And I think you, my friend, have succeeded, you know. So you have nothing to worry about as far as like, you know, the artist that you become. And I, I cannot like I cannot wait to see more and more coming from you, like creatively, because I think you're absolutely amazing. So Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you so much. And I think you're absolutely amazing too and beautiful and stunning and you show up too. You're pushing it. So thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you. I pre- I appreciate that too. <laughs> I I haven't quite I haven't quite um finished forgiving myself quite <laughs> the working on it. But yes, I'm I'm working on it. Um but anyways, well, hey, I, I mean Thank you for all that transparency and being so raw. I was not expecting that answer, honestly. And, you know, I, I truly appreciate the honesty. And like I said, I mean, it, you the way you show up right now in the industry and for the industry is pretty remarkable. And we we need more people like you. Like, we really do. Um, so kind of in retrospect, right, right now, you're, you're teaching. You're, you know, one of the people who's got a lot of courses and you know, workshops and such. And, and I don't mean to sound almost negative, but it's, it, it just almost feels like everybody and their mother are teaching. <laughs> mm. So, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. And I, who am I to say that? I mean, absolutely not. Right. Uh, and if you know something and you know something well, you should share and teach. But do you think that we're in this like weird educational bubble right now? That's, is going to burst or perhaps it's already bursting. And I don't know if COVID-19 is going to help that or, or, or not, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's, um, that's tricky because I don't ever want to diminish someone's light. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of us are amazing teachers and we all have something to share mm-hmm. with each other and we're shining such a light on our industry. I think that's incredibly positive. Um, the, the platform in which we've been working for so long is kind of shifting. Mm-hmm. 
is going to more of this virtual platform just because of what we're going through and also tied into social media. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's really good that people are teaching. Now, if we get to a specific professional level, if we're going to teach to the professional florist, Mm -hmm. there is another kind of standard we need to to speak about there. But Mm -hmm. as far as sharing the love of floristry, I'm all about it. Oh, oh, same. Absolutely. It's like, if you know something, just share, you know, just teach. And yes, let's, let's all expand. Um, absolutely. But um, on a professional level, and you've done EMC, and you've traveled quite a bit as well, um, you know, as far as like Europe, and you've worked alongside with European designers and such. So, you know, in Europe, it seems like it is such a um, coveted thing to go and get this like official professional education almost, right? And in U.S., um, it seems like perhaps we're lacking that um, professional stream of education for floristry. Mm. I'm not saying that there's lack of education. I mean, there's so many people that are teaching so many great things, um, but it seems like there isn't a path of a sort. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Like I said, when it gets down to teaching the professional florist mm-hmm. or a standard that I think that we all need to be striving towards, which is why I partnered with AIFD to be an education partner to mm-hmm. offer CFD testing, because I, I like the fact that there are rules. I like that they have to follow the principles and elements of design. I like that there's other certified evaluators through AIFD that would be alongside with me so we can really judge them appropriately. Mm-hmm. And not just pass, just to pass, but this is something you really have to know. So mm-hmm. that's why I chose to go down this path for my education. But I do teach classes that has nothing to do with CFD for people that don't really see that as their path. They just want to learn floristry. Right. As a craft. Right. As a craft. Yeah. It just depends on the teacher, I think, what their values are and what they want to give to the student. And mm-hmm. I think they have to be very honest with the student when they come in to know that just taking one course, you're not going to be able to leave and go get a full-time job in a flower shop because mm-hmm. it's not possible. If you right. want to really be a professional florist, you really have to put in the work to learn the craft because right. there is so much about this craft. I mean, the fundamentals for education are never going to go away, but my personal belief as far as teaching is concerned, I don't teach to the average. So if you come and you take a class with me, I teach above the average because I don't want to bring our craft to the average. Mm -hmm. I want to bring our average up in our craft. So we'll always get back to the fundamentals when I teach, but I, I definitely don't start lower. I aim for a higher professional aesthetic to begin with. Amen to that. Amen, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for that. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, like I said, we need more people like you in the industry. Absolutely. So as far as business side of things, like um, how big is your retail shop? Like what's your day-to-day operation looks like? I mean, you have to have all your systems and procedures and protocols and everything in place properly for you to be able to kind of branch out on your own and your business per se operate on its own, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. The, um, the business side of it, it's right under a million a year. It's Mm -hmm. not a huge flower shop, Mm -hmm. but it's a living, breathing machine. About 50% of the business is wedding and special events. Mm -hmm. 
So it's able to function in the regard that those are events that are planned. Mm-hmm. And you just know logistically what you can take and how you order. And I mean, there's protocols in place on how to set everyone up for success, mm-hmm. putting on vents and ordering the flowers and whatnot. But the other half of it is sympathy and walk-in, which we know right now, everything has completely been flipped on its head. Our, our events and weddings been canceled or they've been rescheduled till later in the year. Our um, sympathy things have changed from just a few pieces to maybe not even happening in person. The corporate event sales have completely stopped because everyone is kind of on lockdown. So we're we're in a transitional time right now. Um, But with the help from the PPP, everything's working. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that when it opens back up, we'll be able to put all of our protocols right back in and Mm -hmm. it'll still keep being the living, breathing machine. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's great. Now, when you started your flower shop, did you, did you have, did you have help or did you buy a ready established flower shop? I mean, how did that work out? Cause I mean, you were very young when you purchased your shop and sure. when I was 10 months old, I cannot imagine how difficult that was at the time. It was very difficult. Um, no, I did not purchase a flower shop. Um, we started it from the ground up. So when I found out that I was going to have my daughter, I started a business plan and my mom kind of stepped in. She's like the best mama. She's like my biggest fan club. She should be president. She's amazing. So supportive. But she stepped in and she was like, do you really want to do this? And I'm like, yeah. So she helped me. She helped me figure out like how to file for a fictitious name and get my tax letter and get my number and all this stuff and put the business plan together and check on demographics and see where the shop would be. I mean, she was an amazing rock star. And um, she did not want me to go to a bank to get the loan for the shop. So she actually emptied her 401k. Oh, wow. She let me borrow the money to open up the shop and I paid her back every single penny <laughs> and it's uh-huh. 10 months old. My daughter just learning how to walk, we cut the ribbon. So I was designing one handed with a baby on my hip and the pack and play in the corner and nap times on, uh-huh. you know, the side counter. I mean, it was just bubble baths in the flower sink. I have some really good memories of raising her, but it was a hard first few years. I mean, you don't take a paycheck, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. You have to give back to the business. The business has to be able to grow and thrive. And I was told by a former boss of mine, if I can make it five years, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to be successful. And that was my goal. Mm-hmm. And that's really when I started making five-year plans. So now I am religious about it. But I mean, here we are 16 years later. And it's still paying the bills, putting food in bellies and putting my daughter through school. So I look at that as a huge success. Uh, oh, it, it, it absolutely is. And my God, how fortunate were you to have a mom who is a, sounds like she's very business savvy, which is amazing. And yeah, having that support. But I like, do you have pictures of your daughter in your flower thing? Because that would be amazing. Like one day when she gets married, you should literally like have that at her wedding. 
I do. I remember the day I did it too. She, she was out front and we were always playing, which was so great. I got to watch her grow up and we were playing with chalk and she had bubbles out there and she just unscrewed the top of the bubble, the can of bubbles and dumped it on her head. And I was oh like, God. <laughs> so I brought her into the, the sink and we had a huge double um, stainless steel sink and I filled it up and put her in there and her with the bubbles and the water it was like overflowing and I have pictures of her little toes sticking out of the bubble oh my gosh it was oh. the <laughs> but yes I do have I do have pictures oh that sounds so amazing now does she want to have anything to do with floristry oh god no <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> No, she knows it's, it's, you know, it's hard work, but she's creative in her own right. She has dreams of being a female writer and director. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, from one power mama to another and from another to the other. There you go. I mean, I I have like no problem believing that she's going to be successful. Like, I think (laughs) she's going to kill it. There's just no way. Yeah. But that, that's, that's pretty amazing. So what was the easiest thing that happened, you know, throughout your journey that you're like kind of in retrospect, you're like, okay, wow, I thought that would be really, really difficult. But like, I kind of breezed through that. Like, I don't even know how that happened. Oh gosh. Um, my first ever presentation, which was the presentation on AIFD stage in Denver. (laughs) That was my first ever one. And, um, I put in for it and then I got it and so I was amazed and then planned up for it for like 18 months and then went that day to present and I was just like, now it's time to do it. And it went so well. I was shaking in my high heeled shoes for like the first two minutes. So <laughs> I can watch the video. I've only watched it once and it was only like literally like a month ago, I actually watched myself, but wow. I can watch the video and I can see, I knew I was shaken and I can see, I'm like, Oh, Jenny, stop shaking. But <laughs> I got done with that and my whole world changed. It just, wow. it opened up so many doors, but I couldn't believe how well it went. And that's when I fell in love with presenting. Mm. I actually love teaching as well and not just flowers. I mean, I teach dental assistants as well, you know, so like totally, I have like two completely separate lives, which is just really weird. And I love that about you though. It just works. Like one keeps the other one's sanity in place for some strange reason. I I, I love that. (laughs) But like, yeah, I, I love, I love teaching, you know, it's just kind of I, the, the feedback that comes back, that emotional um, pride and joy when you see somebody succeed, when you taught them something and they just, you know, take that and run with it. Oh, it's amazing. Mm, that's so true. And I really, I really enjoy the process of inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And really get like little messages like that. Oh my goodness. And I even tell people, I'm like, share pictures with me because we have such a visual craft that we do, right? Mm-hmm. We, speak in, we speak in a different way. I mean, some people speak in like boardrooms and spreadsheets and analytics, and we speak in like color and texture and shape and depth and smell. Mm-hmm. It's just, I want to see what they're doing. So, yeah, I love, I love to teach. It, it just, it's such an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. So satisfying. Ah. Uh. 
and please don't ever stop teaching because <laughs> you're, you're awesome. Like I really. won't. <laughs> don't i i have you on a record now so you know <laughs> so, so so clearly you're i mean you definitely have a successful business but clearly the design side of things is what really fuels you as a person I, I don't know am i wrong i just feel like you know design is your biggest and strongest um or favorite perhaps yes i i love the process of actually designing um I love structures. I find it very interesting to learn the secrets and the whys of our craft. Um, so I enjoy very regimented compositions mm-hmm. or some that don't appear visually regimented. I know internally what it took to get that to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do very much enjoy the design, which is why I speak about creating unapologetically and to just give yourself permission to do it for as much time as you can do a day or every other day. But I do, I'm, I'm pretty sound on the everyday thing, even if it's a minute, just to like pick up a piece of grass and see how many times you can tighten a knot or take an hour and make it to Tommy mat out of equisetum or, you know, right. I yeah. think. I think it's important to really give that to yourself every single day. Like, take care of your craft. You have to give back to it. But design is design is a big part for me. Growing up, too, as a child, I grew up with a mother who was involved in very contemporary interior design. So I was surrounded by that world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of carried over. Yeah, it, it make, totally makes sense. You can actually see all of that influence in your design aesthetic, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. That's pretty amazing. Um, is there a style or a type of design that you don't like designing as much, or is there anything that you kind of, you know, if you don't have to design that till the rest of your life, you'll be okay. Um. So I've done a lot of different speaking and teaching engagements, and I will say that there's one topic that I don't see myself ever speaking or or doing a presentation on. I teach how to do it because I think it's an important part of our industry, but there's other things I'd rather present. Um, but I, I don't think I'll, I'll do a presentation on sympathy. Mm-hmm. Well, makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of sympathy, um, design, um, myself. Um, I, I, and I actually don't do it also. Um, but, but honestly, I, I just, you know, I don't have a shop or, you know, mine is more of a event floral business. So I don't even get the opportunity to do so. But yeah, I totally understand it. I think I've done like three sympathy pieces in my life. And that was not even like a, an official sympathy piece. It was just an arrangement that somebody requested for that. And I couldn't really say no because of the situation. You know, I knew the people, but I didn't enjoy doing them at all. Yeah, I I much rather um, look at big installation pieces mm-hmm. or contemporary or structural pieces, armatures. Mm-hmm. That's more thrilling to me. But I do think that sympathy is an amazing part of our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evolving right now with more cremations, as everyone everyone knows. And I think it's if you're going to work in a shop, it's, it's a skill you definitely need to know how to do. So like I said, I teach it. I have videos on, on how to do it. I, working in a retail shop, do it all of the time. I'm going to really pour myself into a presentation. Right. I'd rather go um, the other route. 
Gotcha, gotcha. For what also um, for the AIFD um, testing purposes, for the CFD testing purposes. I mean, it's it's a kind of a big part of that testing as well, the sympathy side. So, yeah, I mean, I can fully understand that. Now, for a newcomer business, right? So let's say for people who are brand new, starting in the industry, right? Want to explore floristry as a business or as, as or as craft. What would your advice be for them right now? Mm. Uh, two separate questions. So <laughs> they are. <laughs> they really are. So as far as business, I'm going to hit that first because if you can't pay your bills, you can't have a flower shop, right? Mm-hmm. So that is one thing that I have seen traveling and, and meeting with shops and doing some consultant work is... Um, People that run flower shops sometimes aren't charging what they should be charging for their arrangements, for their flowers, for their labor. Um, There is a formula that is used to factor how to price properly your hard goods, your flesh, your plant, even some of your giftware items, but knowing what your cost of goods sold is, it's, or some people call it COGS, C-O-G-S, cost of goods sold, um, that's going to be either opening your doors or closing your doors. And I can say firsthand, you have to price accordingly or the money will not be there. It just won't happen. Mm-hmm. So. If you're going to open up a retail flower shop, that would be one thing that you would have to learn. I have a video on my website, jennyfloristry.com, about cost of goods sold, and it breaks it down on how to properly price an arrangement. Um, Second part about opening a flower shop and just getting into the craft, Mm -hmm. I would say soak it like a sponge. Everything. (laughs) Don't stop. And I still tell myself every single year I study with a different designer still mm-hmm. this day and age. I think it's so important. Um, I'm supposed to be going to Scotland at the end of summer to do my study for this year, but I'm, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sorry. But it's okay. It's everything happens for a reason. Maybe I'm going to time and do some internal work or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's very important to just get out there and take in as much as you can. Watch as many videos as you can. Take as many classes as you can. Read as many books or magazines or go to festivals. Go to AIFD Symposium. Mm-hmm. If you can get over to Belgium, go to Floramore. I mean, you just you have to take, in my experience, in my opinion, you have to take all aspects mm-hmm. of what this world of floristry has to offer. And once you do all of that, then you can kind of go back and make it your own. Mm-hmm. And giving your customers a place to come where they know you are being authentic They'll come back and they'll actually ask for you. Mm. I want Jenny to do this. Well, I want Jenny to make this arrangement for me. Well, you know what I mean? You have to find your own path, but definitely get inspired by as much as you can. Well, thank you for that. Yes, I could not agree with you more. I mean, I don't think I will ever stop taking classes. Mm. Like, just, just, just ever. Like, a, it fuels me, um, you know, and invigor- it's invigorating. And you know, you don't only learn from the teacher who's teaching or the instructor or the designer. You actually are learning from the people that are in the class along with you as well. Mm-hmm. So it's this, 
you know, I, I love in-person workshops. Um, nothing wrong with online. I mean, especially with given climate right now. I mean, my God, yes. I, I watch all of the videos like crazy. I don't always get on your videos when they're happening live because of timing and stuff, but <laughs> I come back and watch them because they're amazing, you know, and it's inspiring. But yeah, I cannot possibly imagine ever stopping you know, learning. I had a bunch of things scheduled this summer too. Everything is scheduled. Everything is canceled and like all the way through end of September, like Mm -hmm. literally everything. I'm just so sad. But at the same time, like you said, I've been able to work on things that I never really had the time to do so, you know? So it's been kind of a unexpected, uncalled for, any asked for it, reset button that I needed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are not alone in feeling that. I think a lot of people yeah. are having those same emotions. And my heart goes out to some of my friends that um, have a little bit of depression in their in their history, mm-hmm. and they're having a little bit of a harder time. Um, so I'm making sure that I reach out to those that I know could use a a little extra love right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm also giving them some inspirational things, just kind of on a side note, really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, yep. Yeah, I'm. It's it's a really weird um, time we're in right now. But um, I, I'm kind of like torn into completely different sides myself. You know, one is the dental side. There's 14 employees I'm in charge of, and mm-hmm. and business and everything else. And, you know, it's, it's like, you're running this multi-million dollar operation and it's like, okay, I, I need to be at my A game all the time. Like I, I am the ringleader. Like I, I don't have, I'm not allowed to like even remotely to crumble, you know what I mean? Cause they're going to follow suit. Right. So I, I, I need to be there for these people and make sure everybody's taken care of and, you know, and, and then, keeping track, you know, with everybody and, you know, all our meetings and, you know, trying to or coordinate all kinds of like, you know, a lot of fun events that we can play with them. So everybody stays connected and also like, you know, doesn't go into like their own little like, you know, whether it's a depression or some people are actually, they live alone and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. And the other side is my flower side of things. And me personally, man, the first three weeks were hard. <laughs> Yeah. It was just, yeah, because I, I didn't have time to digest all any of this. You know, it was just like go, go, go. You know, get it, get everything get taken care of. And now it's like, okay, I have time to think about myself now and how all of this feels, how I'm going to digest all this information, how I'm going to sort of come out on the other side of this. And it's yeah, it's still navigating, but it 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 is a it is a I don't know. Well, it is something none of us have ever dealt with. So I think we're all navigating all of this at the same time. Yeah. So how are you dealing with all of this? You know, I've only had one day of sad. Every other day has been really good for me. I've been able to work very heavily on my business. Nice. And um, I've been able to reach out and share um, some interactive, really private classroom experiences virtually with people all over the United States mm-hmm. and actually reaching over into Canada too. Oh, wow. That has been pretty darn exciting. And I'm looking towards my next couple of years right now, mm-hmm. um, some plans into place, um, making some lists for myself and some goals. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a welcomed break for me. And normally I fly from St. Louis to Dallas, but I've been driving. Mm-hmm. And that has been almost like a meditation in and of itself to be able to spend, you know, eight and a half, nine hours in a vehicle and really kind of hash out business ideas or concepts or feelings or connect with family. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I'm, I'm not complaining. I know that when it opens back up, I know we are all going to feel how busy our floral world is going to be. And we're just going to watch it explode. And I am so excited. Oh, me too. I cannot wait to see that happen. But I definitely personally needed the break. Um, you know, um, I knew I needed it. I didn't want it, but I knew I needed it. And, you know, and now I know that I needed it desperately. And yeah, but so only good things are going to come out on the other side. I mean, it's just they have to. Yeah, this, oh, yeah. absolutely. This too shall pass, you know. Yeah. My yes. heart goes out there to everybody who's been affected. Or anybody who's lost anyone, my heart really just breaks yeah. for them. And I just pray that they can have peace and mm-hmm. look forward and, you know, reach out if they need help. But mm-hmm. time shall pass and we will all see each other with big actual hugs on the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I cannot wait. Um, I cannot wait to be able to actually um, see people in person, give them a hug. Mm. You know, just, I don't know. What's the first thing you're going to do when all this quarantine is over? Oh, my goodness. I want to go to a concert so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music? Um, you know, really, I am a music lover. So I like all kinds of music. Yeah. I like theater, um, musicals. Um, any anything that I can go to where it's outdoors mm-hmm. um, or even in a beautiful um, in a beautiful hall. I had tickets to go see Hamilton with my daughter, and they canceled it. So I was no. yeah. Did they cancel or like post or reschedule? Well, they said they were rescheduling, but they have canceled all of Broadway. So I haven't heard anything back. But I really I want to get outside with some people and enjoy some music. And just the environment that comes with all of that, the energy, mm-hmm. I, I think that that is so rejuvenating for my soul to just get out there and shake my bones a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. I think I'm going to order sushi first and then I'm going to figure out the rest. <laughs> I missed it so badly. It's not a funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, and the next step is yeah, making a big blown out of proportion party because I love to cook, but I'm tired of cooking just for us, you know, like, yeah, every time I cook, I'm like, I, there should be a party, you know, this shouldn't just be like just cooking and eating, you know, there's got to be more to this. Anyway, well, Jenny, I, I love chatting with you, girl, you're, you're absolutely amazing. Like I said, I mean, you are a force of nature and I Thing floral industry is fortunate to have you. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much. And we're fortunate to have you too, sharing all these wonderful stories from all these artists. Oh, thank you. I try as much mm-hmm. as I can. <laughs> well, um, Jenny, can thank you for being tell, you? We really uh, appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, my mm-hmm. handle is Jenny P. Dot 
on Facebook. It's Jenny Thomason. That's with two S's, T-H-O-M-A-S-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. And then my website is JennyTFloristry.com. Fantastic. And we will share all of the show notes along with the podcast as it airs. So you guys don't have to write any of this stuff down. But yes, please, if you don't know anything about Jenny Thomason, you're missing out for sure. So please go and check it out. And Jenny, good luck with everything, my friend. You're on an amazing path and I cannot wait to see you blossom even more. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And thanks for the listeners hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right, guys, it's a wrap. Be sure to check out the show notes where you can find all the links leading up to Jenny's uh, website where you can find her workshops, her book, and you should pre-order Perishable Poetics. It sounds absolutely amazing. I've ordered mine and I cannot wait to see it. And also be sure to connect with her on her social media. All right, talk to you later. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week.